we are so excited to share that DSO Connect is now on Patreon, where you can support us directly. Join as a patron and get exclusive access to a bonus podcast episode each month. Just five or $10 a month will be a huge help for us. And that's less than your monthly coffee budget. Has the DSO Connect podcast given you ideas and strategies to increase your studio's enrollment and retention? Have our weekly episodes encouraged you as a leader and an artist? Has the DSO Connect community group helped you and your business survive the pandemic? Our goal for DSO Connect and the podcast is to help as many studio owners as possible by delivering quality content and fresh new ideas each week. But we can't do that without your support. It takes equipment, software, expertise, money, and lots of time to produce our podcast. If you think our podcast has helped you gain or retain even just one student, that support pays for itself. To find out more and to become a patron, go to patreon.com and search for DSO Connect. Or check out our link tree at linktree.com slash DSO Connect. Thank you so much for your support. We can't do this without our community of studio owners. the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. Robin is not with us today. She couldn't be here, but we have two guests that I'm very excited to introduce everyone to. So let's get right to it. We have Trish Moulton and Chris Hale. Hi guys. How are you? Good morning. Great. Good morning. Good. I'm so excited to have you both here. Um, Let me read your bios so our listeners get to know you a little bit. Trish Moulton has been educating dancers for over 20 years. As the owner of Dance Studio of Maine, she thrives on seeing all children succeed. Trish has trained with international dance teaching standards, along with having many great connections and friendships within the greater dance community. Her training still continues today with classes and seminars. Trisha's belief is that we can never stop learning. And Chris Hale is a master dance educator, certified life coach, and host of the Dance Coach podcast. In over 20 years of teaching, Chris has trained dancers at some of the East Coast's top competitive studios and has students that have gone on to dance with top emerging artists and companies. Chris helps Q plus folks learn to be more self-confident by developing a true sense of radical self-love. So welcome to both of you. And thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. How's your morning going so far, Chris? Um, My morning is going pretty well. Um, You know, just I've, I've, I've already had two cups of coffee, so I've switched to water. (laughs) God, you're so responsible. I don't switch to water until after like my third or fourth cup of coffee. (laughs) How about you, Trish? How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. You know, my kid went off to school today and the dogs and my husband are gone. So it's nice quiet in here. (laughs) That sounds lovely. Yeah. Which is pretty great. So Amazing. Well, today we are talking about a topic that's very important to me personally, and also that is a hot topic in the dance world right now. I know we see a lot of people in various teacher groups and studio owner groups talking about this a lot. We're talking about how to be inclusionary for trans and non-binary students, how to make sure that these students are welcomed in our studios and what we can do to make sure that they are comfortable and confident in our dance home. So um, first I wanna start off by talking about like what your experience is with this topic. And I'll start here. I am not a trans or non-binary person, but I am 
in the LGBTQ world, I do consider myself a queer person as a bisexual woman. Um, I have lots of trans and non-binary friends that are very dear to my heart. Um, and it's just a very important issue to me as a trans ally. So I have um, a handful of trans and non-binary students at my studio and I have had conversation or I have, I have overheard conversations that make my heart very happy where, um, you know, students say something along the lines of, I'm so glad I have AIM, that's my studio, because I feel like I can really be myself here. And, you know, they don't necessarily feel that way at school or at home or at church. So that's something that's really important to me. Um, so Trish, how about you? What's your experience with trans and non-binary stu students or people in general? Yep. So uh, my daughter is uh, bisexual and mm -hmm. I'm an ally. I suppose she's like, you're an ally, mom. So, um, <laughs> you know, for me, I think just being a teacher for 20 years and being around students, you know, for, for that long and being able to support them and always making sure that my studio is a place where everyone is welcome mm -hmm. from all walks of life. And I think um, for me, it's just very important that kids always feel seen. Um, so that's why it's, it's really close to my heart. My daughter came out to me this year and I was just like, yes, <laughs> like, you know, and I called Chris and I was like, Chris, I'm so excited, but like, I want to make sure that I support her and all my students in every way possible. So for me, I guess, you know, I'm an ally. That's what I'm considered. So very cool. Yay. And Chris, how about you? Yeah, well, I am a queer person. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, just recently in the last year, I've sort of like realized that I identify really as non-binary. Like growing up, you're just never really, it's like, like there were no words really mm -hmm. for this as when when we were, like I'm 40. Um, so there just really weren't words for it. So it's like when you're like looking at like your gender identity or like the things that you're drawn to or right, like the roles that you identify with or the way that you're viewing the world mm -hmm. was very confusing. But now like, I feel like this new language is really helping to sort of identify like, oh yeah, I get it. Like that's what that is. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's my, my personal experience, but also like teaching kids um, who are just like really exploring their gender expression and identity and um, how beautiful it is to see that happening right now in the world is, is, um, yeah, I just love it. Yay. And can you explain for listeners who aren't super familiar, what exactly does being non-binary even mean? So there's like the gender binary, which is like, you know, it's seen as like, you've got male on one end and female on the other. And like, like that's, you know, that's it. Like it's actually not even seen as like a spectrum or like a line. It's like, there's just these two and it's, everyone has their own, like, I think relationship to it. So it's like, I'm, I can't speak for everyone, but I think of it like this spectrum and like a spectrum isn't a straight line, right? It's sort of like, think of like one of those color wheels, mm -hmm. right? Where you've just got all the different shades and gradients and variants of color. Um, and so it's really like, not identifying necessarily on these like polar opposites, but sort of for me having um, a mix of like all different kinds of energies and 
um, yeah, I would say it like that, like different kinds of energies and, and identities and associations all kind of under the, in the same person. So that's kind of how I think about it, you know, Yeah. in terms of my own experience. And there's so many resources out there though, with lots of people who are, you know, have written books or on Instagram where you can really kind of get a, a feel for just the like, um, totality of different expressions, um, of gender. And so you're going to see so many different expressions out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think one thing that's also important to remember is with, with non-binary or with gender fluid people there, it's not, it doesn't just mean androgynous. It doesn't just mean like the very center of that spectrum to where, you know, you can't tell male or female. It's just kind of like an androgynous sort of look. Like sometimes you might be feeling more femme and sometimes you might be feeling more mask. And so it doesn't, it, it, it can express in a lot of different ways. There's not just one way to be non-binary or or gender fluid. Yeah. I think that's a great point because people are looking for that. They're like, well, you don't look non-binary. It's like, well, what is the look? Right. What does that look like? The side of my head <laughs> is shaved and like? it's purple. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's something Chris and I talked about is like one day you could feel one way, one day you could feel another way. Like, why do we have to make a choice? I don't understand why like you have to check off a box all the time that you stay in that box. Like it doesn't really matter. Like, right. You know, Absolutely. And I think that's one reason why having, um, a, having different options for your dress code is important. Um, so let's talk about dress code. So, you know, we have the standard black leotard and pink tights, and now we're moving into a world where skin tone tights are more the norm now. Um, and now people are talking about how to have trans inclusive, um, dress codes. Um, so what does that look like? Do you have a trans inclusive dress code at your studio, Trish? Well, so as I kind of have been thinking about how, how to do it, cause it's so hard because this whole time we've had like, okay, the same thing, leotard pink tights for ballet. And I feel like ballet is the class where that's an issue, you know, like in a lot of the other classes, you can kind of, I let, we've never had specific colors. We've never had a specific specific dress code in general just because I like kids to be able to be themselves um Mm -hmm. but I found I think it was on Juilliard's um website well I have a friend of mine who we've been working together trying to like make our website and our everything so I want people to look at my website and go okay they have thought about it they know what what they're looking for and we we found on the Juilliard website just says tight fitting clothing or something along the lines of, of that terminology for ballet class. So if, you know, you're interested, and I don't feel like if you identify as a female that you have to wear a leotard and tights, Mm -hmm. like, why is that a thing? Like, as long as as educators, we can see the lines of the body that we need to see, that we can be able to have them. I mean, Chris, your background is ballet how many times have you had a kid that if they're not in a leotard and tights, we can still do our job. Mm-hmm. They can still, they can still figure like 100%. <laughs> and honestly, if you can't do your job, if a student is not in a leotard and tights and you're not a very good dance teacher. 
Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could see somebody walking down the street and know they're pronating in their exactly. Left foot. Yes. Right now. You yeah. know, so I, I think just being able to like figure out the terminology and I'm still working on that. And I feel like it's something that I want to be kind of like a leader in my community around here to be like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how mm-hmm. we're doing it. I don't have like a male female dress code in particular. I never really have. So, um, but I do think just like telling people form fitting yeah. clothing. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important. And having, you know, like option A and option B versus girls dress code and boys dress yeah. code and making it right. clear that right. you don't have to stick with one. Like if on Monday you want option A, you want to wear that leotard and tights, that's great. And if on Wednesday you want to wear leggings and a t-shirt, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. I think it's just, it's such a good point. We can still do our jobs, even if you're not wearing a leotard and tights. And I understand like you want to have discipline mm-hmm. and like there's things that like as educators we're like, okay, our students need to be disciplined and know that they have to do A, B, and C, but like A, B, and C, like I, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a, a female and I, if you had to put me in a leotard, rest in peace, <laughs> I'm not doing it. And I think that's why, like, I, I migrated more towards hip hop and tap and that type of stuff. Cause I felt good there mm-hmm. when I had to put on a leotard, I never felt okay. Never. That was just not my thing. So like, maybe if that was going on, I probably would have stuck with other genres mm-hmm. knowing that I could have had a different type of attire in class, but they were like, you have to wear it. You have to wear this. You have to do that. So I think like just giving people the option, no matter who they are is appropriate. Yeah. And I think it, it's also helpful for, for students with sensory issues. You know, a lot of kids have issues with, with, with tights and leotards and, you know, the seams hitting their toes at the wrong spot and all that stuff. So giving them an option of wearing leggings and a tank top, I think would really benefit not just our trans students, but also, you know, kids who maybe are autistic or ADHD or have those sensory issues. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, I like, when we're talking inclusive, like, right, we're talking very specifically right now about trans and non-binary students, but like, to your point, right, like, there's so much more to being inclusive, and we have to think about, right, how, like, how these structures and these rules, right, um, affect everyone across the board. We also have to remember that, like, clothing doesn't have a gender. Yes. Right. Like gender is a social construct. Right. So it's like we gender things like we say, like this thing is for men and this thing is for women. But like we just made it all up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first step. It's like really starting to like disconnect from these like the artifice of gender, like these things that we made up. And if we can do that, then it's so much easier to just be like, oh yeah, I need to see the body. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have to be so attached to what little girls look like and little boys look like. Right. And I think, so that's really the first step for everyone. In my opinion is like, we're just removing this, like the gender from these articles of clothing that are like inanimate things. Right. And that's not to say that like, if you are, 
a cis person who is very attached to your gender and very proud of your gender that you're not allowed to do that. That is totally fine. 100%. Yeah. No one's taking that away from you. No one's taking it away. It's just saying that like you're, you know, your bow tie isn't a man. <laughs> right? Like it's just right. looking at it that way. Like that's the way you like to express your like masculinity or right the way you want to express your personality is through these pieces of clothing that's amazing but the clothing itself is not the thing it's like the way you feel and the way you think about it when you have it on it's you mm-hmm. like some days i put on a full face of makeup and a dress and some days i'm a hobbit and that's my gender <laughs> a hobbit <laughs> Oh, Casey. Uh, yesterday I had no, no makeup on and I was teaching my, um, teaching my little ones. And one of my girls goes, Miss Casey, you look tired today. I was like, yeah, well, I am tired, but I also don't have on any makeup. And she goes, oh, you look better with makeup on. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> you have to love kids. Roasted by a four-year-old. <laughs> so funny. All right. So let's go to um, how to support our students who might come out to us as trans or non-binary, especially in an instance where um, their parents don't know or their parents aren't on board. So how do we deal with that? So, I mean, for me, like I'm not a studio owner, so, you know, like as a teacher, if a child is confiding in me, then like that's that's just between us and I'm going to honor that relationship and support them however I can in my class, right? So, you know, I will ask them how they want me to address them and if they want, you know, what they want in my space and I will do you know, my, like the best job I can to support them and create a safe space for them. I think that's an important thing to, to really think about is like, do you have the ability to create a safe space for someone who is like coming out to you and they're going to be in your room and um, they might need uh, extra support. You have to be thinking about that. Um, If you're going to be like, yeah, I'm here for you. (laughs) Um, So for me, like, I don't have, like, I don't feel like it would be my place, right, to talk to the parent or, right, to, like, do anything like that because I'm just, I'm just a teacher. (laughs) Like, it's just, I have control over my room and that's it. I might talk to the studio owner and be like, hey, this is, like, what happened. Um, How do we move forward with something like this? Or I had a student once, I wasn't aware that they had, previously asked to wear like the, the, the boys version of the costume or whatever. So they were assigned female at birth. I think they identify as female, but just prefer, right. The male attire. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you know? And so then later on though, I like talked to my husband who was actually the director at the studio. And I was like, Hey, so this student came to me, like, like, I think it's fine. Like, is, and they're like, oh, yeah, they they do. And and we've made accommodations. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I think like making 
making those questions the norm before you have a trans student and not waiting until, oh, I have a trans student. What do I do? And like just making exceptions for that one kid, but making it the norm across the board to ask like, or to give options, you know, like option A in the dress code, option B in the dress code, option A for costumes, option B for costumes. Um, And, you know, asking students on the first day of class, hey, what are your pronouns? Um, Making sure that those kinds of things are normal um, is going to make, it's going to create an an environment where kids feel comfortable coming to you and telling you these things. So Trish, I know that you've had a young, uh, you said a nine-year-old trans student. Can you tell us about that a little? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I think it was like 2017. This is like, I would consider myself somebody who constantly is paying attention to kids. I really like try to hone in on what they need from me. And it was, it was a male student in a hip hop class. And the mother had come up to me and asked and said, what, what will his costume be? Cause we had shown like the girl's picture, but I always shop the male version of the costume. Like I go to the mall and match it up. I figure out what they want. And I said, and there was, I said to this little boy, I'm like, listen, I'm going to get you a super cool outfit. It's going to be really cool. You're going to love it. You want like sweatpants and like a t-shirt and a thing. And so I had gotten him this costume and I was like super proud of myself. I was like, wow, I did a great job on this costume. And then the following year, the mother calls me before they register and says, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay, cool. What's up? And she's like, um, he is no longer identifying as a male. He will be a female coming in to dance this year. So instantly the conversation about his male costume pops into my head. And the first thing I could think of is you're an ass. (laughs) You're a complete (laughs) ass because I automatically looked at this male student and assumed that's what he wanted to wear. I didn't really, and the conversation wasn't too side. I mean, and the kid is nine. Most nine-year-olds don't even talk to us anyway. But, you know, I just assumed like, hey, and I was just like, I'm going to get you this outfit, blah, 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 blah. But I never, it never crossed my mind that this child didn't want to dress like a boy. It never crossed my mind. And so literally from that day forward, I have never assumed my male students or people that are identifying as male or what I've never assumed anything. I just asked the kid, what would you like to wear now across the board for the female costumes? You know, like we put them in these lyrical dresses and all this other stuff. I have yet to figure that side of it out. So I think like, and I've been talking to my daughter a lot about it and I'm like, how do I uh, like do that? And she had talked about, she's like, why don't you just print out a piece of paper and have everybody fill out what they want their pronouns to be. Because one of the things that I, you know, in that particular situation with with the trans student, the next season that we came in, I was like, let's go. What do you want to wear? Let's help me pick it out. Like, you know, so then she came in and she was just like so excited. She And I could, it was crazy. You could see the energy of this child change from one year to the next because of what we put them in a car, what costume they were in. Like the year before, very reserved, very, you could tell he was like really pulled back. And then the second he got, you know, the choice and that he was able to communicate this, thank God with his parents, 
like that at nine years old, he could communicate that to her, to, to the parents. And so now she's like 14, 15 years old and just literally thriving. Like, so I, we had kind of discussed, I think it was before we started recording, like people think little kids don't get to make those decisions. Well, they do. So whatever your student wants to wear or whatever your student wants to be, you don't get to make that choice. You just have to to support them no matter what. Like, you don't get to make the judgment. You don't get to make the choice. You just have to, across the board, kind of be there to, to make sure everybody is comfortable. Because that's what we do as educators anyway. So why is it any different? If a nine-year-old that was born as a male wants to wear that purple lyrical dress, you freaking put them in the purple lyrical dress and and make the kid happy jesus like let's just make make them who they want to be and that's okay like you know it's it's been across the board this whole time i've been teaching there's so many judgments i've had male students dancing to britney spears and hearing people talking behind me while they're dancing and i'm like what what's your problem like why why is that even a conversation the kid is living on stage living mind your business this is a great performance. It has no, no representation other than great entertainment. Right. And like, if the whole, if the whole point of dance is to, you know, teach kids Ex- express about artistic yeah, self-expression, yeah, it, then why, why not allow them to express why? themselves in this way as well? Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I think like allowing the students and I messaged my like um, dance studio software uh, company And I said to them, I go, you only give me an option to click off male, female. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that asks what their preferred pronouns are. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that asks if what, like, can I put a costume option in there? Right. Yeah. Because it's hard. Like I have 500 students across two studios. So like, I'm not always in the building. I'm not always around. And I want people to like, when they register their student or when the kids have the option that they could put that in there. But um, one of the thoughts my daughter brought up was like, some kids' parents don't know, mm-hmm. you know, so being able to go into the classrooms. Now, granted, are you going to hand a four-year-old a piece of paper and ask them what their pronouns are? They don't even know what their name is. You know, <laughs> we have to give them name tags. So, you know, you got to kind of like read the crowd, figure out where you're at. Like the little ones might not quite know how to address that. And I feel like if a if a child is that young and is having that the parents would address it with us but like our older kids like give them the paper let them fill it out let them ask them what their preferred pronouns are ask them what they prefer to do give them the choice and then that way we can make that decision and if the parents don't know then you just keep supporting them like you would any other student I mean they're not in danger like my my theory with my teachers is if the kid is in danger you have to tell the parent Mm -hmm but they're not in danger. They're just telling you, you know, who they are. And if it gets to a point where if they do have something going on, like if they're afraid at home or they're afraid of their safety or whatever, then you, you need to communicate that. Yeah. And I think like anytime a kid comes to you and says, Hey, these are my pronouns. This is my name. Um, yeah, I think an important question is, you know, like, first of all, the response to that is, oh my God, thank you so much for telling me. This is amazing. Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm so happy to be able to 
to identify you in the way that makes you feel comfortable and fully yourself. So thank you so much for telling me that. Um, the next question should be, do your parents know about this? And if not, how can I support you while keeping you safe at home? Um, Mm -hmm. because some parents are not going to be receptive or accepting. And that's just the sad reality of this situation. And another question could be, you know, do you want me to tell your parents about this? I've had, I've had that scenario where a student came out to their teacher as trans. And then I talked to them and said, Hey, you know, do you, you know, do your parents know what else do you need from us? How can we support you? And he said that, you know, his parent, he's been sort of, sort of approaching the subject with his parents, but not just outright telling them. And, and I said, well, you know, how can I help? Like, is there, can I open up that conversation for you? I, you know, I don't want to overstep. I'm just your, I'm, I'm not even your teacher. I'm your dance studio owner, you know, but I want to be able to support you would it be okay with you if I asked your mom and your dad to come in and just like have a little sit down conversation with, with you there? Um, because I, and I knew this family fairly well. So I knew that once the topic was, was, you know, once the news was broken, they would be accepting. I think the, the student just was really nervous about it. Um, and so I was able to open up that conversation for the family and they have been so grateful. So I think, you know, that's, that's an important line of communication to have open. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, a a big question is why does this matter? Why is it important for us to um, affirm our trans and non-binary students? Like what's the big deal, I guess? Like, why can't they just wear the other costume? Why can't they just deal with, you know, their original pronouns. Why does this, why does this matter? What effect does it have? So Chris, maybe you can speak to that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mental health really. Um, when, when someone is not affirmed, um, it, it's, it, it impacts their mental health greatly. Um, it's just, there's no sense of safety. There's no sense of support. Um, and honestly, that's the, the sort of the number one thing that we all need to develop, um, you know, like a sense of a sense of confidence, a sense of who we are in the world. And, and I, I mean, there's, there are so many statistics out there around like mental health with, you know, Q plus folks, trans folks, non-binary folks, like just like the way that living in a, like a world that was not made for you and does not acknowledge you and you don't see yourself represented in, mm-hmm. um, in and of itself is m- like mentally and emotionally like straining. So for us to be able to create that space where we're affirming someone, it might be the only place that it's happening. Right. And so like, it's, it really is like a mental health service to be supporting and affirming people with who they are. Yeah. And then just like statistically speaking, the rates of mental health struggles, um, as in especially the rates of suicide among LGBTQ youth and especially among trans youth is staggering. I mean, absolutely staggering. And, you know, then 
as adults, the rates of violence against trans people is absolutely staggering as well. So, you know, they're existing in this world, like you said, Chris, it was not made for them and it does not affirm them or validate them. So to have one space, the dance studio, where they are affirmed and validated is so important. I think it's also important to address the fact that like, like when we look at these statistics around like mental health with the, you know, queer people, right? It's like, oh, queer people have higher instances of mental health, right? And it's like a queer person problem. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, it's not our problem. It's a cis het patriarchal problem. It's a society problem, right? The problem's patriarchy, right? The problem (laughs) is not not us. Like, the, the impact is on us right? Our mental health and our well-being, but the problem is with the society. Right. Exactly. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that transness or queerness is a mental health issue in and of itself. <laughs> right. And I think that's so many people see it that mm-hmm. way, you know, and like, and oh, like, this person has completed suicide because they're trans. No, right. this has happened because of the way that they're treated in this world. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it's also important to note that no one is doing gender affirming surgery on kids. So that argument is is kind of null (laughs) of like, oh, kids shouldn't be having surgery or kids shouldn't be taking hormones. Um, You know, the only hormones that might be given to kids are not even hormones at all. It's hormone blocking treatment so that they don't go through puberty, which can be really, really traumatic for a trans child um, to go through that puberty. If you're a trans man to develop breasts and to start getting your period can be really, really traumatic. So there's hormone blocking therapy, but no one is giving children um, you know, hormone replacement therapy or, you know, or, or performing gender affirming surgery on a (laughs) nine-year-old. So that's an important thing to, to keep in mind as well. You know, those types of irreversible, um, things don't happen until someone's an adult. Yeah. And I, I think this goes back to even like the conversation around costume and dress code, where it's like, like, um, the dysphoria, right? The like body dysphoria and like identity and those kinds of things. It's like, we can go a long way by just like letting someone wear something that they're comfortable in that they like, they, because dance is such a physical thing and we have to be so in tune with our body. It can be really difficult for someone who is experiencing any kind of dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So to just l- allow them to be in something where they feel comfortable in their skin, like, we all know what it feels like to put on something where we like feel so good, right? Like we like walk out of the house and we're like, look amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like that, that in and of, of itself, right? It does so much for someone's emotional well-being. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so true. It's so true. I, I think too, like as, as a studio owner, for me, I, I know that I could hear the argument from other people saying that it creates more work. I had, I don't, how do I, how do you address that? But like, it actually ends up making your studio that much better. It just makes it so much better because you don't like, you don't know what students have trauma. You don't know what students have, you know, issues with other stuff. Whereas like, if you, give everybody the option 
instead of just picking one thing. Yeah. Is, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you just, it just gives more creativity. It allows everybody in your space, regardless of who they are, the opportunity to feel great. Because think when Chris said you walk out, you feel great in something. I've, I've changed my outfit 17 times before I left the house. And my husband will be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I just don't feel right. I put that on today. Yesterday, I felt great in that. But today, I'm just like not feeling it, you know? So and imagine having to step into a space where there's a thousand people looking at you with the lights mm-hmm. on you and you're supposed to pour your heart out and you don't feel great in what you're wearing. Right, exactly. It, I mean, it's a very outward thing, but like it does, it, it affects you inward, you know, inside how you feel. Yeah. And we've all, I think there's the argument of, oh, we've all had to wear ugly costumes. We've all had to wear costumes. We didn't say that it has to like. be pretty. And sure. <laughs> it can still be ugly. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be affirming of their gender. But the, you know, the, like the argument there is like, well, just because we had to go through it, why does that mean that our students have to go through it? Like, why not make it better for them? You know? Yeah. I just actually, I wanted to um, circle back to the conversation to around um, like pronouns specifically around asking, because I think we also have to take into account, right? Like I've, I've been in situations where it's like everybody, like, or they're trying to be inclusive. So it's like, everybody introduce yourself and tell us your pronouns. And like, that doesn't feel inclusive sometimes, right? Mm. If it's, because it's not taking into account the comfortability level of the people in the room. So I think especially working with children, we have to be cognizant of this. So I love this idea of a like a piece of paper, like something where they have the yeah. opportunity, yeah. like presented in a way that isn't maybe like in the public forum, right? Because we never know right. where people are at in their right. journey. That's a really good point. So I think this is a place where we start to, again, go back to like creating a safe space like for the the people, right? You need we need to we need to know how to create that safe space. And a lot of times it's it's we're trying to like be inclusive without like and it's about us without thinking about how it's going to affect or be received by the person we're actually trying to include. It is such a good point because right. sometimes we can have the best of right. intentions and still yeah. screw it yes. up. <laughs> We're going to get it wrong. Everyone's going to get it wrong. Right. Like, right. And- right. It's not going to be perfect. And, but I think the, that brings me to another point of, you know, what to do when you get a student's or anyone's pronouns wrong. And I think it's, it's okay to acknowledge that like, oh, I screwed up. I'm really, I'm, you know, sorry. And just correct yourself and then move on. You don't need to make a big scene about it. It's not, like you don't need to like sacrifice yourself or anything. It's not that big of a deal. Just say, oops, sorry, him. And then move on, you know, like just, just correct it and carry on. Right. Cause that it. centers your discomfort. Right. And that's not as what opposed, it's about. That's not what it's about. Right. As opposed to acknowledging that you might've just like made them uncomfortable. Now you're centering mm-hmm. your own discomfort. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm such oh, like, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> Oh, this is so hard for me. I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. 
Um, Trish, can you speak a little bit on costuming? I know that you're really good at, at figuring out costume alternatives to, you know, what we might find in the costume catalog. So maybe you can talk about that process a little bit. I feel like I don't like using a costume catalog most of the time. (laughs) I love these, like they're trying, they're doing their best. Um, but I mean, it took them 20 years to get hip hop sneakers that were looking like a hip hop sneaker, but are actually not, you know what I'm saying? So, right. And it took how many years to offer a range of colors, just yeah, in tights. Still don't I mean, have come on and jazz shoes that match every skin tone from certain companies. Right. Keep or ballet shoes. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I just tend to shop outside. Like I use like ASOS or H and M. Um, you know, I, I try to like, just, think outside the box a little bit and figure out costumes based on like I don't know I I don't look at costumes and go it has to be this it has to be that um Mm -hmm. I think it's just very fluid I'm not like I think we're moving in a forward direction I don't think we're perfect I think that we have a lot of work to do um but I think educating you know this year from for me we're discussing it more where I'm talking to my instructors, you know, I have like 15 teachers across both studios and I'm like, okay, this is what our options are. We have this student who, you know, we have one student that wants, um, is okay. Like we've discussed it with them and he prefers to not wear a leotard, but is okay if it's addressed in some sort of way. So like, we're just very Mm -hmm. cognizant of like, okay, with this particular class, we need to make sure that we're aware of that. But I think across the board that I have more work to do, I think for sure. Um, So I feel like as I start morphing that and start figuring out how to do a better job, I just think like, you don't have to open the book and look through it and go, I mean, I've never in my entire life been somebody who just handpicks things because somebody told me to. You know, so like looking at different places where you can get costumes, I mean, you can get them anywhere. A costume doesn't have to be a sparkly skirt. It is fun. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but I just think like there's a a ton of other options for for Mm -hmm. costuming. Um, Dress them as a bunny, man. Like little kids, (laughs) bunnies, they're whatever you want them to be, right? Like, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, you know, like you can think outside of what you think it's supposed to be. And some people do want, you know, to wear, there are kids that want to wear a pink tutu. And that's like them living their best life. So, um, yeah, I think for sure there's a lot of work to be done. But I think knowing that we have to do better and knowing that we have to keep getting better at it is kind of where I'm at. I think try not to feel like you have to pick out of the book. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of your go-to resources for non-costume costumes? Uh, Black Friday sales uh, for, <laughs> I always wait. I tell my teachers, we're going to pull the trigger. It's going to be the day, you know, like wherever the, the sales are. I, I, it's just online shopping. I go to Nord, like mm-hmm. Nordstrom because I'm a high maintenance kind of person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can, I look on there, they have great, like, like, t- I, I don't know. I like, I, I'm a fan of like an oversized t-shirt. I mean, I'm not even, I don't even wear clothes that are form fitting most of the time. Have either of you ever seen me? Well, I think I have, No. but I just think like you can go online, like anywhere you would shop, 
sometimes I joke around like my kids look like me. I'm like everybody's wearing a blazer and a t-shirt, a rock star, a rock t-shirt and a pair of jeans on stage. Like why do they all look like a mini mistress? You know? So I think there's a lot of different, just go online. I think the internet is so vast that you can, and I Google pictures or like there's a new um, company I haven't ordered from it. It's called Cider. I found it on Instagram the coolest like 70s vibe type clothes and it's very fluid like it's so like they have like really awesome textures and colors and I'm going to start uh looking into them for some of our costuming for this year so um how do you is that cider like c-i-d-e-r yeah c-i-d-e-r don't shop I haven't shopped there so I don't know if you're like going to (laughs) face 17 weeks to get a pair of pants but I've been like, I go on Instagram and I just try to like look at different trends and different things to find like just progressive, like fun, awesome costumes. And I think towards more mm-hmm. the older, the older kids, I mean, a little kid is kind of hard to shop um, in that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, look online. Right. I don't have anything in particular that I use. I'm okay. I'm all over the place. Adidas, Nike. Cool. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Very good. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Does any, do either of you have any final closing remarks or, or comments or suggestions? Um, you know, I think it's, I, I love the way, I love the way the world is moving. And, and, and I know sometimes it can seem like a little like crazy or, um, Sometimes it can seem like we're moving backwards, but we are, if you look at, if you just pan out, right, we are, we are progressing forward and we are moving the needle. And I think it all starts, like I'm a life coach. So <laughs> everything is about like questioning what we believe, right? Like that's yeah. what I do with people all day. I'm just like, so you have this thought, like, do you want to keep that thought? Why do you believe that thought? Um, mm. And so I think in this conversation, like, it can really be like, like, do we want to continue to think about things the way we always have? What purpose does that serve? Do we like what we're getting when we think about things the way we always have? Um, And sometimes yes, and sometimes no. And I think with this conversation, it's like, when we start to question the way we've always done things, the benefit is so great for our students. Mm Because that's what we're all really here for, right, is to create an amazing experience for our students. So if we're willing to question the way we've always done things or thought about things, we are enhancing their experience. Yeah, and and for kids who might not have a safe or welcoming place, it's that much more impactful and important that we do a little bit more work to give them that safe and welcoming space. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I did want to add is that, you know, gender identity and, and sexual orientation can change and it's not going to be, you know, just because one year a kid says they're non-binary or gender fluid doesn't mean that next year they won't be, you know, he, him, or she, her, you know, these things can change. And it doesn't mean that where they were last year is, is invalid or a lie or not real. It's just that that's part of their journey and part of their process. So we need to validate them every step of the way. 
Totally. Yep. Yeah. Trish, any, anything to close out, Trish? Yeah, some quick little bullet points that I feel mm-hmm. like are important for teachers or people that are in our industry all together. I have always addressed my classes as dancers. I never yes. yell like, hey, girls, come over here. I have never done that. I always say, dancers, mm-hmm. let's go to our spots. I always just use that because I don't like calling them kids because I, I think dancers addresses everybody. So then I don't have to switch mm-hmm. from one thing to the other. And then also kind of think about like, as you're putting your studio together, you know, decorating your classrooms, doing, think about, be very mindful of what you're doing. We've always had, you know, very neutral everything in my studio, but because across the board, I've always wanted to make sure everybody feels welcome. So the walls are gray. We have, you know, we gray, gold, like, I feel like these studios that paint everything hot pink and like, you know, this is this and this is this is just like, all you're doing is throwing it in the kid's face, you know, and everybody in the world could like pink and it's fine. But right now we're dealing with people saying pink is girl, blue is boy. So keeping everything neutral across the board, I think is important. So when a student walks into your space, that no matter how they feel about anything, they don't have to think about it. It's not even, it's not in front of them. And then we didn't address the, that um, gender neutral dressing room. I think it's really important to have that option um, for your students because when you have a student who's transgender or you have a student who is fluid, like you just want people to be able to, to, to figure out where they want to go and having like boys only girls only. Now, do you want the 45 year old dance dad in the dressing room with all the, the little girls? No, that's, we're not doing that, but you need to give an option of all three. You need to give Mm -hmm. people a a choice to be able to go somewhere else. So just be mindful of those things when you're putting together your shows, when you're putting together rehearsals. So then that way there are students who are going to feel more comfortable going into a gender neutral dressing room or, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, I think we just need to kind of start opening our eyes and like looking around. It's a very good point. Thank you. Yeah. I, Inclusive, like you touched on inclusive language. And I think that that's just one small thing that is a huge thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a small thing that ain't so small. Yeah, exactly. Right. right? Like, just like you said, like, I'm always like, you know, what's up, folks? Hey, friends. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. just anything that is not boys and girls. Right. Because, again, if we're looking right, like some people do believe, right, or, or right, their only experience of someone who is trans is someone who was like assigned male at birth and now identifies as female or was assigned female at birth and now identifies as male. And like we're talking about with like gender fluid and non-binary and all of these, you know, things all over the spectrum, like that's, that doesn't include everyone in the space. Exactly. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen is not Not, inclusive. Boys and girls is not inclusive. Right. Yeah. I love dancers, friends, folks, people, (laughs) party people. (laughs) What's up, party people? (laughs) I'm going to add that one. Party people. Yeah. I love doing party people. I like to call my little ones doodlebugs. (laughs) 
all right, jewel bugs, let's go. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for, for being here. I think this is such an important topic and uh, I really appreciate your input before we go. We love to share and sorry, I didn't prep you for this, but at the end of our episodes, we like to end on a high note. So we share something that has made our hearts happy in the last week or so. It could be a small thing. It could be a big thing. It could be, you know, just drinking your coffee out on your porch in the morning, whatever it might be. Trish, do you have anything? um yeah I think I don't oh you did you got me it's like (laughs) happy how many I don't know I feel like because I have a bunch of different things the first thing I'm thinking of is you two like I'm super excited to be able to see both like you're two of my like people that I really like in this world (laughs) oh yeah there are few and far between (laughs) let me tell you oh I'm honored like (laughs) super excited so and Chris and I haven't like face we've texted and talked online and stuff but just seeing each other and um being with you guys is that's going to be my heart happy I'll call it that one oh, for yay. sure yeah. I love that yeah. that's fabulous I love it Chris how about I you? agree I was actually just thinking like coming to your studio was like one of the last trip I took before we went into lockdown <laughs> yeah wow I like, yeah I think so 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 crazy um with that restaurant that didn't have rosé tragic I mean how um but yeah I mean this moment is really amazing actually I love to talk about these things um I I I I, it, it this fills my heart to be able to have these conversations and to um you know like be representation in the world for young people who are on this journey and um, so this is one and my mom's visiting from North Carolina. So she just got here last night. Yeah. Oh, so that's, you know, always love to see mom. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Um, let's see my heart happy. It's probably, I had a new student. She took a trial class last week. And so yesterday was her first like official class. And after class, her mom was just like, oh my God, she couldn't stop talking about dance class after last week. And so we just knew we had to register her and she was so excited to come in today. And then she got really nervous and she was like crying on the way here and just feeling very anxious. And this is a five-year-old and, um, but she came, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell that she had been crying when she came in before class. Um, but I was just like really animated and very excited to see her and talk to her for a little bit before class and kind of told her a little bit about what to expect, what we were going to be doing that day. And her mom after class was like, that made such a difference. Like the fact that you were excited to see her made her feel so much more comfortable. And she was really excited to go into class, even though she was nervous. So that was my heart happy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's I a know, good one. right? It's a good one. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris and Trish, thank you so much for being here. Um, Chris, where can people contact you, um, learn more about your life coaching services and all that? Yeah. Good stuff? So I'm on Instagram at the only underscore Chris Hale, or you can go to my website, which is just chrishale.co. Awesome. Very good. And Trish, do you want to be found anywhere? No, I'm good. <laughs> don't find Trish. I'm just I, I de- deactivated my Facebook. I don't know, even know what's going on. The, like, I have no idea. Wow. Yeah, good for you. I'm over it. Um, but I, I mean, the Dance Amazing. Studio of Maine, we have an Instagram. So if you have questions for me, um, you guys, Instagram is probably the best place. That, that 
the dance studio. Perfect. Sounds good. Yep. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys so much for being here and having this conversation and let's keep it going in the DSO connect community group on Facebook. Um, or you can email us at DSO connect six at gmail.com and we'll be back next week with, with another episode. Bye everybody. Bye.